You're listening to the EBITDA Growth Systems Making Business Profitable podcast with profitability experts Dave Kapkowitz and Mike Watkins. Coming at you from 5,675 feet in lovely Golden, Colorado. My name is Dave Kapkowitz and I'm here with Michael Watkins living our mission statement to impact lives through improving business performance. We accomplish this by coaching, speaking, and educating so you can live your best life. Good day, Dave. Good day, Dr. Watkins. How you doing, buddy? I'm trying to keep my um, spirits up, man, with this rain and cold. Yeah. This is Colorado. I'm not sure what's going on. Well, it's spring here. It was when I came in, it was 58 degrees a day. And I called Wendy, and she said, yeah, we're supposed to get 4 to 6 tonight and 10 to 14 tomorrow and then 4 to 6 Friday. And I'm like, it's May. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was like, it's May, and uh, that's just Colorado, man. It's just Colorado. But uh, I was like, so it's really funny because I have this tractor with a snowblower and all this stuff. And... uh, and so I'm like, hey, you know, the sun came out. It was beautiful. Some of the grass is starting to come up. It's getting green and everything else up up on the mountain. And so last Sunday, I'm like, you know what? I'm taking a snowblower off and just going to put the bucket on my tractor. And I did that. You know, I strapped everything up and took it, took everything off. Of course, it's it's pretty laborious, right? And, uh, and I come inside. I grab a glass of iced tea. And Wendy's like, well, she waited until I was done. God bless her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting here drinking a glass of tea because I'm tired. You know, Lance and I had worked up pretty good sweat. And uh, she said, you know, I'm trying to figure out why you did that. You remember it snowed on June 1st last year, right? And I'm like, sweetheart, <clears throat> you could have said something while I was out there. If <laughs> Yeah. She's yeah. like, well, you know, I figure you just knew. I was like, well, if I knew, I wouldn't be taking everything apart. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, yeah. So tonight, you know, when I get back up on the. On hill, we're taking everything back off and putting snow back, snow back you're gonna, on. You're going to be doing it in the snow and the cold, so that won't be any fun. No, I got. I pull it in the barn. So, what are we going to talk about today? You know, I. Uh, it's specific to machine shop owners. Do you want your life back? I think that's a great question to ask a machine shop owner. Do you want your life back? Do you want your life back? And I guess the question I would ask you, Mike, is we've been. You've been doing this since 1999. We've been doing this together since 2018, 2019, right? Yep. Um, What is the significance from all the different stories that you've heard? What is the significance in that question from what you've seen? Well, you know, if I were to ask uh, the average machine shop owner, particularly the small business machine shop owner, do you want your life back? They would look at me and say, what? I what do you mean? I I have a life. I I do have my life. And what's uh, that? What is yeah, that life? Yeah. The what is that life? And that life is Michael Gerber's book called The E Myth that says small business sucks. You don't get any vacation. You don't get benefits. You don't get um, a time with your spouse. You don't. I mean, you you know, the business consumes you. And every business has to go through the small business phase. But hopefully you become a 
medium-sized business or a large business, mm-hmm. and that investment up front, you get a return on that investment. But for these small to medium-sized business owners, they stay in the e-myth for 10, 15, 20 years. And then they hang up their spurs with the liquidation. Totally. With an asset asset sale. And and that was their life. And it's it's... You know, it's discouraging. It doesn't have to be that way. But we see it all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's so many times where you look at somebody that was successful. Maybe they had some money. Maybe they were vice president of a financial institution, and they saved up a little bit of money, and they got a loan, and they bought a machine shop, right? Thinking, man, this is going to be great. Next thing you know is they're up at 5 in the morning, and they're home at nine, ten o'clock at night because somebody's got to do the quotes, and somebody has to get the customer back. Somebody has to package up the parts. Because when you're small, the uh, owner is the chief cook and bottle washer, right? So, I mean, you're doing everything. And you, in the shop, I've told this to countless people, a shop will take everything you'll give it, and it won't be enough. So if you give the shop 24 hours a day of your time, it still won't be enough. Businesses always want more. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's this paradox or the irony behind all this, Dave, is when you um, – remain central to your business mm-hmm. um you just continue going deeper and deeper down a hole it can't outgrow you it, totally it just can't outgrow you it's like a chinese finger trap yeah yeah the harder you pull the the, the worse harder it, it grabs you mm-hmm. yeah and uh and and i see that too when i when i say well why don't you give this a go and they're just they've been beat down they're like no i'm not trying that because mm-hmm. You know this reason or that reason. I mean, they just don't. They don't want to move. Don't move, and maybe because if I move, I'm going to get deeper. I'm going to get deeper, and I can't. I can't do that anymore. But I mean, my. I remember when I had my company in the early '90s. My wife referred to my shop as the black hole. Totally. Are you going to the black hole? And uh, I just remember going. No, thanks for understanding. You know, after working seventy million hours a week. That's exaggeration. Yeah. But, I mean, after working, I guess I, I averaged probably 90-plus hours for more than seven years. Yeah. And, uh, That's just and, it, and, and I, it, the business owned, wouldn't outgrow me because I wouldn't let it. Yes, and, you know, at that, if those numbers of hours per week, per month, per year, you know, your, your effective hourly rate is, you know, it could be single digits. And the... Uh, as a business owner, and I speak for myself in the beginning, you make a lot of bad decisions because it's trial and error. You're learning from life lessons. You're learning from mistakes. So what you do is you, your default is I cannot work these mistakes. Sure, sure. I cannot, and, and between that and, and really believing that your customer is your friend and you just keep giving them a really good deal and they'll just never leave you and not seeing... A, a symbiotic relationship, right? So it's so important that uh, that people step back for a second. So, you know, Dave, one of the things that you and I have been looking at and talking about a lot is uh, what the next five years may bring for our industry. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, I mean, the, f- the, f- the future looks really bright. You know, all these industries, all these Lines of business are growing. Uh-huh. Defense is growing. Space is growing. Aerospace is growing. And medicals. we're pulling a lot of manufacturing back domestically. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot happening here. Yes. And all the while, the baby boomers are 
selling their shops or closing their doors. So the number of shops that are going to be available is going to continue to, to shrink for a minute. But then supply and demand will mean that younger people will get back into the industry. And, yeah. And, but uh, there'll be a point in time, 18 to 24 months, where you can really make hay. And so the person who's insular and, and is afraid to move because they'll just go deeper in a hole, they're going to miss. They slide. Yeah. They wind up losing business because there are people out there going grabbing it. Yes. Yeah, it actually goes the other way. So they're going to miss the revolution, man. They're going to miss it's, the money. It's, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, we're watching medical steady. I think robotic assisted surgery continues to grow at a CAGR of 17%. Um, I just learned life sciences, you know, blood diagnostic. That uh, EBITDA, ready for this? The EBITDA multiplier for a life sciences company is closer to 30 times right now. I've never heard a number that high. Yeah, 30 times. It's trading now. People are buying companies for that today. And so it, it's it's COVID helped out a lot with sure, that. But sure. I mean, there's a lot of diabetic testing now that because people are, that treatment's getting closer and closer to home with technology. Yes, yes. So and it's and so that's that's real. That's where the leading edge is, along with robotics. But it's pretty wild. But I'm seeing, in seeing all this, seeing gas and oil, seeing DOD, seeing space. It is amazing what's happening in the markets. I mean, that's if you want to go after it and market, you can go grow a heck of a shop today. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty neat. Yes, but. The status quo that we just described, you can't grow. No, because you can't out you can't outgrow yourself. You can only do so much. So that's right. You draw a small circle. You stand in the middle of it, and that's as big as you're going to get. And that's as big as you're going to get. And the revolution will pass you by. So how do you how do you break that? How do you? Well, actually, if I may digress. I remember when I owned my shop and I had to control everything. I had to control everything. The programs had to go through my hands. I needed to set it up just right, or I might lean into somebody, but I kind of watched out what they were doing. I was there when they hit the start button. You know, I made sure that everything's getting inspected a certain way, so I was pre- stayed pretty close to it. And as I, fi- I hired some really good people. I was very fortunate for some of the people. And I would only give them so much. Yes. You know, what we see, Dave, is when you have the business owner be the, be the lead, um, we see that, that philosophy that you just described that you had. When we find these companies where the business owner is, is someone that, not, not the business owner, but the general manager or the mm-hmm. person running the enterprise is someone who's on payroll. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they don't hold it that tight. No, because it's not their money. It's not their money. And and if you treat it like it's your money, you can do a lot. But boy, when you step back and let certain functions just do their job, it's amazing what happens. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's three things that you can do. And three things that people must do. If 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 the words that we're saying ring true to you, there's three things that you have to do. And you have to start today, and the first is to acknowledge that you're holding on too tight. Hi, I'm Dave Kaprovitz. I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really. I'm just saying that. But you know what I'm saying? You You have to look at yourself in the mirror. That's it took. It took me a long time to do that. Look in the mirror and say, why is this guy over here so stinking successful? 
and I'm working twice as much and twice as hard as he is, and I'm not as successful as he is. And that would just, that would get my goat, right? That yeah. would just, yeah. that'd fire me up. But I would never look in the mirror and say, this is me. Sure. This is because sure. of me. Sure, sure. You know, and, and, and I'm looking back in, in the early 90s and, and, the, and the hard life lessons I learned, but I would look at other people that were successful and almost resent them because I was outworking all the people that I knew because I was working 90 some hours a week. But you're right. Those people, which I learned later on because I had great people in my life like yourself that would come alongside me and say, whoa, whoa, just give it to them. Let them do it. Yes, yes. It's amazing. But, but you, you're right. You have to stand and look in the mirror and say, yeah, this is, this is something. I, I am that person. I'm the one who's holding my company back. Yep. I am doing everything. I'm holding everything too close. And because of that, I'm holding my company back. And people don't think people think they're actually driving it forward and they're not. It's it's the Chinese finger trap. You're not. The harder you try, the more stuff you do yourself, the more you hold your company back. What's the second one? And and the second one is to have the will to do something different, you know? Mm-hmm. On on the one hand to say, Hey, I know I need to change my behavior. I mm-hmm. have to change my thought process. I have to change what I value. We can reach that conclusion intellectually. Do we have the will to do something different? Like, I really want to get to the gym. I've wanted to get to the gym for the last five years. So, I, you know, I've, I've said, You're hey. You're paying for it. Huh? You're paying for it. I'm paying for it. Yeah, yeah. They should give me a brick out front by now. <laughs> but so I, I know that I need to change, but I don't have the will yet to change. It's, uh, you know, and I think that really revolves around the fear that if I let it go, it won't happen. Sure, sure. It's uh. You have to overcome the fear, and you have to take a chance. Take some risk, but, yeah. No, but you got to put, I mean, that leads me to what I would, I'm assuming what your third love was. You must invest in people. You have to put the people in place that can actually do that. So hiring that person on payroll that has a skill set and then putting them in place and stepping back and letting them go. Absolutely. And Dave, for these small and medium-sized business owners, they don't have to go find 20, 30 people. They have to go find two or three two people. Two or three, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it may be a scenario where, you know, you're giving them profit sharing. You don't give them equity in your company, but you let them share in the growth and the success from a profit standpoint. Yeah, you, you set a financial metric and say, you know, our sales needs to be here and our profit needs to be here. Once it gets here, then we kick into a profit sharing and we put 5% of our profit aside to give to certain people and we stratify that and, and do it the right way, right? Or what's right for you. Sure. But sure. absolutely it's and the one thing you gotta understand is if you don't do that, if your status quo looks like that, you're just not gonna grow. You said that. Yeah. But if you don't do that, you're gonna really diminish the retention in your business because even somebody that isn't looking the for the retention some, of the employees. The retention of the employees, thank you. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, even if you aren't looking, you inherently hire somebody pretty bright to do machining and, and what it takes to for that business to flourish. You sure. wind up with people that are bright. Oftentimes, they're brighter than what you really know. Cause sure, you because you haven't turned them loose. Because you haven't turned them loose. Yeah. And if they're smart, they're going to they're gonna reach their capacity, the capacity that you allow them to get to in your business, and then they're going to want more. And more means... Either I do it here or I go out inside the business or I go outside the business to do more. And if you're holding everything closely, then they can't do more in sure, your business sure. because you're always doing it. Sure. And so they leave. 
So your retention goes down in a market that employees are king yep. and you can't afford that. So in really paying attention to how bright your people are and what you can get, give them something small, watch them flourish, give them something else and keep giving them. Next thing you know is you learn delegation and it's like letting your hands go in business. Well, sure. I mean, there is so much in the way of statistics that suggest that you're going to be way better off bringing somebody up on your existing team than trying to bring someone in from the outside because they probably aren't going to be a cultural fit mm-hmm. or whatever. So They know you. They know you. They You know them. The team knows them. The yes, whole thing. Yes. So if someone has some potential, you know, pour into them. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to get them trained up. You got to get them some experiences and uh, and and try to make a go of this. Mm-hmm. And, and we do this every year. We do the what's in it for me conference, right? And we're doing it in July this year. We typically do it in the summer. And, uh, you know, not a sales pitch, but, but the why, the reason we do what's in it for me is to provide the owners with the opportunity to get their life back. Because if they can invest in two or three people in their business to take 50,000 pounds off of your 100,000 pound load, you get a big portion of your life back. We know a guy just south of here that we talk to him and he's golfing, he's traveling with his family, he's enjoying life, and people run his shop. Yes. He's there, he's present, right? But if he wants to take a Wednesday off, he takes a Wednesday off. Sure, sure. If he, if he wants to leave out early on Thursday and take Friday off, he does that. And he does that because he pays somebody very well to run his shop and take take care of it, and he measures everything, right? So he does a great job. And and we've seen that person go from 14 hours a day to actually having a really good life. And the people are thankful that he's not there because they get to run it like it's their shop. Yeah. So this what's in it for me conference, the reason we're doing this, yeah, it's fantastic for the middle managers to learn how to take a load off the owner and further their personal career, right? But it's even better for the owner because they get to take a step back and let their hands go in their business and watch their business grow feverishly, I would say, people that do this and really invest in their people. And, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I know I know, we came up with this idea together. and We only do two events a year, and this is one of them. But, I mean, what are your, what's your take on if you were an owner, why would you do this? Well, again, I think, you know, we talked about the three steps. First is to acknowledge that you have the issue. Um, the second is to have the wheel to take, take that Chinese – what do you call that? Finger trap. Finger trap off, right? And 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 let your limbs go. And then the third is to develop that individual. There aren't a lot of formal programs to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we have to fill that void. And I think that the, our programming does fill that void. So um, I, I think it's huge for the industry. And because we concentrate only on manufacturers, mm-hmm. Um, I can feel good about what we're doing. Between you and me, we have 70 years experience and we have a deep passion for teaching people to improve their life personally, to improve their life, to improve the owner's life, everything. So we get to deliver this content together. I'm always excited to stand up and deliver content with you and the content delivered. I would like to take ownership of some of it. It's very little. A lot of this is from the mind of... Mike, but because of his history, he's fantastic at generating adult content. But delivering this, 
getting people involved, creating a good network to where the people can lean on each other too. Um, it's going to be really, really good for the owner's business to do this and to just admit to yourself that you can, but it's okay to send someone to a conference and you not, you not go and learn what's in it for you. Why should you do this? Because this is what comes back. Right on, Dave. Right on, Mike. If you enjoyed this podcast and you're in manufacturing and you want to learn more about what we do, go to our contact tab at ebitagrowsystems.com, E-B-I-T-D-A, growthsystems.com, and I'll be reaching out to you personally to see what we can do for you. You've been listening to the EBITDA Growth Systems Podcast, making business profitable. 